Welcome to the first episode of the Weekly Wrap for 2020. Anjali, what are some interesting themes that you're covering as the year starts? Well, today I was writing about how Curve, like a lot of other UK startups, is expanding into the US this year. And at the very end of December, they launched a payments, uh, peer-to-peer payments option on their app. And it's going to be across over 25 different currencies and it's fee-free and a lot of the people who send money, they don't have to send it to other Curve users. You can just send a link to someone who, they can, who can receive the money and then they can confirm their account and their number and then they can receive the money from a Curve user. So they're trying to expand it to payments. They'll have to, I guess, compete with Zelle and Venmo, which is really popular here in the US, but it's gonna be interesting to see that they have this option that Zelle and Venmo don't have, whereas users don't need to be on the same app. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they expand here in the US. And what have you worked on? Uh, as the end of 2019, um, I was talking to a number of, uh, I guess they used to call them robo-advisors, digital Mm -hmm. investment advisors. And um, the interesting thing that they've been getting involved in is uh, launching banking products to sort of underpin the investment advice and turn their platforms into these sort of ecosystem models for their clients, whereas they can look to these for all of their things financial. So it's interesting how these platforms are trying to differentiate themselves from challenger banks. Uh, they all seem to say, or at least the, the three I talked to, said that they are rolling out banking products as more sort of like a glue to help customers with their efforts to manage all of their finances. Mm-hmm. And to them, they all saw banking as kind of like this kind of like boring underlayer that enables everything else. But their focus is kind of like this holistic personal mm-hmm. finance thing. Oh, that's really cool. So I guess we'll turn it over to our reporter uh, Rick Morgan, who's based in Seattle, who will talk a little bit more about some of the themes he's been covering. So I think the most interesting thing that I worked on this week was a piece about the CCPA that went into effect on Wednesday. Uh, The CCPA, of course, is the California Consumer Privacy Act, um, and basically how banks are sort of managing that and how they're sort of going about uh, meeting the regulations there. They right now are sort of just inventorying all of the data they collect on consumers and trying to figure out what is covered by the CCPA and what is covered by the uh, GLBA, which is a federal law that's been in in existence for a while and banks have been complying with that for quite some time. Uh, Now the GLBA covers all consumer data that is collected that is used for any kind of financial product or service. Uh, But the CCPA is a little bit more robust. Um, It includes marketing data, essentially, that banks use to kind of um, try to sell new products to people and try to sort of reach new customers. That data is now going to be protected by this new CCPA law that went into effect on Wednesday. Um, So with that going into effect, we talked to Ping Identity, which is an identity security firm. Um, sort of about what they see uh, out in the field. I mean, they work with all 12 of the 12 largest banks. So we talked to them about what they're seeing with their banking clients. Uh, and what they said is that they're really just seeing banks still inventorying all this data, figuring out what's going to be covered by what regulation. Um, but regulators really aren't going to be too lenient, they believe. So banks are going to have to start figuring out not just what data is what, um, but more so they're going to have to figure out how they're going to comply with all these different regulations that the CCPA enacts. Um, basically, it's going to come down to overhauling their tech stacks. However, that's going to take some time. Um, Ping estimated that it's going to take at least two years. Um, and with 
all of the um, the regulations that are going into effect and the fact that regulators have been very outright about saying that they're going to start regulating this over the summer um, that's really not going to meet the time frame that they want so in the meantime banks are going to have to rely on manual processes uh, more employees and man hours time and labor to make sure that they are complying with the new CCPA regulations. So it's gonna be interesting to follow over the next couple of months, and especially throughout the year uh, as the regulations really start to be enforced this summer. So we also reported on banks and fintech companies, uh, how they're gonna increasingly start to build out their platforms. And are there any risks that they need to start mitigating here? Uh, well, it's an interesting question because incorporating too much into your app can backfire. Um, too much of a good thing, really. You know, uh, the so-called super apps, um, which are very popular in Asia, um, have a lot of features in one place, and too much of it can really overwhelm customers, we found, uh, through a study with JD Power. Um, the JD Power study basically said that, you know, uh, if the app is too overloaded, it can really confuse consumers and it can shy them away from um, a bank's digital offerings. So we talked to Huntington Bank about kind of what they're doing. They got pretty high marks in the JD Power score. Uh, so we asked them, you know, what are you guys doing? And they said that one of the big things that they do to sort of keep their app clean, but also uh, helpful, is that they allow customers to sort of pick what they want to see and to pick what they want to hide. So it really creates a sort of customized app experience for all Huntington Bank customers. Um, we also talked to Moneylion, and they're trying to sort of use consumer data and what they know about their customers to sort of create a personalized app experience as well. So anytime you log in, it's a hyper-tailored sort of experience based on your individual circumstances. Uh, and we've also talked to N26 recently, and they're kind of trying to position themselves as this lifestyle brand. Um, they recently launched a bunch of new perks that uh, basically if you use an N26 debit card, you'll get a discount on all these different perks. Uh, and they're really excited about it and they think it's gonna kind of move them out of just being this banking finance app into being more of a lifestyle brand, which is kind of their goal as they continue their US expansion. Were there any additional themes that we noticed that close out the year? Of course there were. Um, we noticed that a lot of banks are sort of highlighting their eco-friendly initiatives to reach consumers that care more and more about the environment. Uh, which is a cool thing, you know. Um, as consumers start to become more environmentally conscious, banks are trying to sort of appeal to them and sort of launch initiatives that, that are in step with that. Um, for example, Goldman Sachs announced that it will no longer fund any Arctic drilling, uh, and they're gonna have a lot stricter controls on how they loan to any kind of coal company. Uh, and we also talked to Bank of the West. Now, Bank of the West is launching a new checking account this year. Uh, they're not 100% sure yet, they said early this year. It's going to be called 1% for the planet. And what it does is it basically allows customers to track the carbon footprint of all of their purchases um, directly in the banking app. So if you use your debit card to buy gas, for example, that would have a higher carbon footprint than if you use a debit card to buy a subway ticket. Um, and it'll actually show you that in the app, uh, how much carbon your purchases are producing. So customers can sort of go about life uh, being a little bit more aware of what they're doing and how that's affecting the environment. So we thought that was pretty interesting as well. Um, so back to you guys in New York. Thank you, Rick. And we look forward to sharing more FinTech news with all of you in 2020. Thank you. Thank you.